Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to the live Q&A with yours truly. Hope you all are having an exceptional uh, Monday. Hope you guys are getting a good, great start to your week. Hope you all are doing well. For those who's watching me later, want to say thank you so much for watching, especially those, um, oh, not just especially, but everyone who watches um, later, I want to say thank you. Those who's watching later for the first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. But after watching this video, you're like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a long time, you've been subscribed, whether it's been 13, 14 years, or you've been subscribed for 13, 14 minutes. I want to say thank you so much for, for trusting what God has entrusted to me, and I pray it is treasure to you. But as everyone is coming in live, let me know where you're watching from, all that good stuff. Get your questions ready. Here to serve you all. But before I get into that, let me let you guys know about some new items that I got going on, especially my eighth book, uh, The Wholeness Journal. It's a great resource for your wholeness journey uh, to help you examine whether or not you're whole enough to hold the precious things of life. Over 120 or so reflective questions, 25 articles, as well as 52 or so journal entries for you to really process how well you're holding and how well you're allowing yourself to be held. So that book's available on my website, imunplugged.com, as well as other books, including this card game, Hold. The first one who spell Hold wins is a fun interactive card game uh, for those who just want to have great discussion along the topics of wholeness, as well as do fun interactive activities that will help you guys hold well. But I think I got enough people in right now. Hope you got your question before I go. Also, if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, I have some spots available for the next few months or so. So if there's something that interests you and you like to uh, have a conversation with me one-on-one -on -one, and you want help with relationships, you want help with your spiritual walk, your singleness, purpose, branding, etc., make sure you check out my website, imunplugged.com forward slash custom coaching and hit that tab and let me know where, how I can help you. I look forward to doing so. Now let's see who's all here. All right, all right, all right. We got Stretch. Market the spot. Hey, coach, what's going on? Hope you're well. Uh, T Sally, what's going on? Lilo27, hope you're well. Humble One, what's going on? Anthony says, is it bad when your wife makes you more uh, ten you? I, I don't understand your question, fam. I'm going to keep going, though. I think you re rephrased it here. Is it bad when your wife make more than you? No, it's not bad. It's a team effort. It doesn't matter who brings the most in as long as we're good stewardship within, right? When it comes within our household. So it's not bad if your wife makes more than you. There was a time my wife made more than me and it didn't offend me at all. She allowed me to still be the man. Uh, she trusted my financial stewardship. And, and that's just great that that uh, that women can make more. But it also determines what type of what that woman is made of. If she makes more, you got to first examine what she's made of, because a lot of women who, who do make more money, money than men or who has adopted as feministic ideologies, those individuals can be difficult to be with if they don't understand what submission looks like, if they don't understand what it means to let the man be the man. If they just go throughout life just trying to be a man, then there's nothing um, that you can do about that because then uh, uh, the money has gotten to her head, etc. So as long as the, the wife is made well, made by God and uh, adheres to the word of God, then you're good if she makes more money than you. So it doesn't bother me. It didn't bother me when my wife make more than me or if she ever does again make more than me, as long as we know how to steward God's money well. San Diego's in the building. The humble one says, how do you get over um, your past? Well, you have to understand that the best way, uh, uh, before I get into that, the best way, the, let's start over. How do you get over your past? Let's start here. First, you have to understand that your past is a place of reference. 
it's a place to refer back to. And anytime you have any emotion that derives from a moment in your past, then you got to ask yourself, why have I, why have I yet let it pass? What are the real reasons why you didn't, why you haven't allowed that past to pass? Could it be that you didn't forgive? Could it be um, that you wish vengeance? Could it be um, that it was just a very vulnerable point in your life? No matter what it is, you have to understand that the weight and the value and the beauty of your future and the opportunity of your present should have you um, look at your past as a reference to first, number one, see how faithful God is. Number two, to see that you survive. And number three, to utilize it as an opportunity to reach somebody else. And right now, you have to understand that right now in this moment, you are creating a new past. And in order for you to get over a, a past long ago, it's best to make a new past now and begin to say, you know what? I'm not going to mismanage um, the moment that I have to create a better past, which creates a better reference point, which creates an, a greater ability for me to reach someone at some point. All right. So you get over your past by number one, understanding what it is. Your past was never meant to be a residence where you live. It's meant to be a reference for what you look back to, to see God's faithfulness, to see how he uh, turned it around for your good. And it's hard for you to be able to see how God is turning around for your good if you keep seeing the bad. So number one, you got to say, what is the good in my past? What was something good that happened in my past? Uh, what 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 is God, what is the evidence of God's faithfulness towards me in my past? And then you know what you know you do look two thousand years down the road, <laughs> look back at that past and see what God did for you for you to pass over into new life and into a relationship with God that enables you to be emboldened um to succeed. So your past is just meant to be a place of reference for you to see God's faithfulness, to see that you survive, and a reference point for you to utilize in reaching other people at some point. Hope that helped. Carmen B says, my friend has a father who watches a lot of red pill content. What is the best advice to give her? I'm not really sure what red pill content is. I think that's back into the matrix. Let me see. Red pill, uh, red pill uh, content. Let's see what that. If you can give me clarity, let me know what that means. Uh, uh, the term red pill and blue pill refer to a choice between a willingness to learn a potentially unsettling or life changing truth by taking the red pill or remaining in contented ignorance with the blue pill. I think that's what you're saying, right? Well, um, the best advice is that people go down those tunnels sometimes. Some people, they just love conspiracies or they, they love to, uh, to adopt different theories or they just love to just process different things, right? The best advice I can give her is that for her to live her life, like 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 if, if it's getting if it's becoming a nuisance or that person's becoming annoying, then you have the opportunity to kind of distance yourself at a to a degree, right? But let me see if you post anything else that gave me clarity to give me clarity about that. My friend has a father who watches a lot of red pill content. What's the best advice to give her? I think the red pill is about. Uh, Help me out, friend. I'm going to go to another question, but clarify that for me so I can answer your question uh, more thoroughly. Thank you for watching from Maryland. My wife's in the building. Anthony says, is it bad to have a wife? Okay, we already answered that one. Michigan, what's going on? Lilo27 says, hey, coach, what are practical ways to get back to God's original design for your life and purpose? Struggling with removing religious traditions and cultural expectations. Great question. Let's, 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 before we get practical, we have to get personal. Before we get practical, we must we must be personal. Now, what I mean by that, 
our personal issue of God then enables us strategically and uniquely tailored to us to be able to walk down uh, um, the paths of practicalities. And what I mean by that is the more I fellowship with the person, the Holy Spirit, then he will lead and guide me into all truth. There are certain truths inside of us that we have a, well, we have a yet to adopt or allow to be open alive to set us free. The Bible says the truth will set you free, right? So there, what may be practical for me, don't get me wrong, there are principles that all believers need to adopt and live by, but there could be different, uniquely tailored practical steps that may be tailored to you that must first derive from a personal um, relationship with God, right? So the practical ways I can give you the basics, but but I got to first teach you how to fish. And that means investing more in your personal relationship with God so that the Holy Spirit could then lead and guide you to all truth, which would then lead you into freedom, which then leads you to developing certain practical patterns to help you become the person of purpose that you need to be. Right. But to get back to God's original design, you got to ask yourself what caused you to get out of line. Right. What caused you to get out of alignment? Right. Uh, and so what you begin to uh, do in that process of thought is to say, OK, what is God's original design? That's when you go into God's word, whatever area that you have crossed the line and you've uh, yet to really understand what it means to follow him. Then you consult the word of God to see his original intent, original design for for that part of your life. That's what I do. No matter where I'm at in life, if I find myself getting out of alignment, then I have to go into the word of God because faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And I need my faith to be strengthened as in regards to a muscle so I can be able to manage, right? To manage the hustle, to manage the bustle. You see what I'm saying? And so when we understand that, then we see the need to invest more deeply in our personal issue of God to find his design in the areas where we have gotten out of alignment, Right. And you have to understand that purpose is not just life's purpose, capital P. You got to think about the daily purposes throughout your throughout your day. Uh, the big capital P purpose, I cannot get there if I don't take care of the little purposes. It is in taking care of the little purposes that positions me to be a great steward and be the person I need to be to steward my life's purpose, right? And so when it comes to religious tradition and cultural expectations, those things begin to melt off when you begin to be more purified in the fire of God, right? And when you begin to really get into your personal relationship with God, you would then become more sensitive to leading the, Holy, the leading of the Holy Spirit, which would then begin to bring to revelation what you need to change, then leading your lips into repentance, and then repentance leading to the renewal of your mind, and then you living in, uh, of adopting after adopting the rights of Jesus, then begin to live more right. Righteously, because you know how to rightly divide. So all that first begins with a personal relationship of God, and then the practical, the tailored, more practical ways comes to you. Now, what are some basic practical things that you can do? Number one, you have to examine um, where you're out of alignment. Number two, you have to understand the beauty of repentance and repenting uh, for allowing religious traditions and cultural expectations to become your norm, right? To become your guide, to become your source of, 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 of life, right? And then get into the word of God, allow the word of God to renew your mind in the areas that you're out of alignment, right? And the reason why we have to get in the presence of God because we, most of us, entered more into religious traditions and cultural expectations more than we understood what it means to be in the presence of God. So religious traditions, we have to understand, cannot be our source of, of holiness because then it leads to self-righteousness. Nor should we get consumed with cultural expectations. So number one, 
not number one, but within that repertoire of, of practical things that you can do is to first understand the dangers of religious traditions and cultural expectations, and then understand the beauty of being in a personal thriving relationship with God, where then religious religiosities and the engagements of the church in the body, you will know how to engage with it without losing yourself in Christ. I know I said a lot, but I hope to help. Michaela, what's going on? Oh, let David know I sent that email. Jordan Taylor says, what steps should you take when you start feeling very uncomfortable with your situation and or season you are in? What does the uncomfortable feeling mean? The uncomfortable feeling means that you're growing. That's the beautiful thing. We don't grow in comfort zones. We grow where we're challenged. In other words, we grow in challenging zones, right? So you have to understand that the discomfort and the un, the, the feelings of um, being uncomfortable are actually uh, signs of growth. So we celebrate that, right? It means that you're being stretched. It means that you're being pruned. It means that you're being developed. It means that you're being uh, groomed uh, um, for the person that you need to be, right? So what steps should you take when you start feeling very uncomfortable? First, understand the importance of being uncomfortable. Number two, understand or realize the beauty of the person that you will end up being by because of being uncomfortable. Number three, you have to realize that no matter what stage of life that you're going to find yourself in, you're going to find yourself uncomfortable. Number four, you have to realize that anything God has for you to do is going to make you uncomfortable because we have been programmed that we can uh, do things in our own strength. But there are certain things, all things when it comes to the purposes of God that we have to be stretched by because God's by our side. And we have to understand that there has to be a unique balance between what I'm capable of and what God is 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 desiring to do or has to do, right? So you have to understand the situations or seasons uncomfortable. First, ask yourself, what is God stretching me for? What is my faith being developed into? Is God developing more patience? Is God developing more faith? Is God, what is God developing me in me in this season? Next, you have to examine what season do you actually want to be in? If it's season of marriage, then you will say, let me weigh marriage. Let me see how much marriage weighs. Then you will begin to see the value of your singleness. Then you'll begin to have understanding of why you're being stressed in your singleness and made uncomfortable and being developed. Then you, it all makes sense. The thing is, we weigh fantasies, but we don't weigh realities. May I understand this? We weigh fantasies and we don't weigh realities. You have to understand, fantasies are like feathers. They don't weigh that much. Realities are the real deal. They're heavier. So when you begin to understand the realities of what you desire, instead of fantasizing over it, then you will have an understanding of how much it weighs and who you need to be and what you need to we need to have within as far as the intangible gifts to be able to lift. You got to have certain intangible spiritual gifts to be able to lift in the natural. And so the issue is we get so caught up in fantasy that we become confused when we're stressed and uncomfortable and we don't fully understand what it means to be pruned to the person we need to be, to be, to make sure that we don't ruin who, what we desire to have. So what steps should you take when you start feeling very uncomfortable? Number one, appreciate the discomfort because it means God's hands in the midst stretching you. Secondly, you need to examine the weight of the thing that you desire, get to the realities of it is, of what it is, and then you will begin to see the importance of what you're going through. And the rest is uh, be patient and let patience have its full effect so that you can be whole, complete, and lacking in nothing. 
All seasons matter, my friend. Jody Real says, is God okay with divorce if someone married the wrong one or is it that person stuck in that particular marriage? Well, the Bible, we all got to go. We always got to go scriptural. The Bible says um, that divorce was never intended from the beginning, but because of the hardness of man's heart, God made way for through divorce. Divorce biblically was only through uh, due to um, uh, sexual or, or I mean, as far as infidelity, right? And of course, I believe abuse as well, right? Physical abuse, right? I don't, I, I don't want to say that's that's opinion. I don't, I don't really know any scripture that says you. Anyway, we know that it's infidelity, right? Uh, but it, that's just kind of the consequences of of being outside of God's will. The thing is, before you even get to the divorce part, you have to first ask yourself: Have you given God the opportunity to redeem it? First, the the process of allowing God to redeem any marriage where there's no infidelity or physical abuse. It's the first look inside of you and say, okay, what must I change in me? What's what's causing me to be blind from being kind? Because the kind leads to re, uh, keeping coals of fire on a person's head, which then leads to renewing the mind. If I'm blind to being kind, how can I renew their mind? Right? It's a love of God that covers a multitude of sin. It's the love of God that perfects in us. So I have to look inside of me to see what's in me that's contributing to the dysfunction in my marriage. Secondly, now I go into, I, when I'm face to face with them, I'm kind. But when I'm not around them, I'm in my prayer time, fighting against anything. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal to you what are some demonic spirits, open doors, things that need to be renounced, ways and strategies to be able to infiltrate the demonic stronghold in your spouse to liberate them and set them free. The issue is we don't know what it takes in this modern day era, what it means to endure hardship like a good soldier and to see if and give God the opportunity to redeem it. And of course, if the person is unredeemable and the individual doesn't want to change and infidelity is open, then God said he made a way through divorce. But that's why you got to make sure that you adhere to the will of God and allow the will of God to manifest itself. So you don't have to, uh, to deal with these unnecessary stuff from other people. That's why you weigh marriage and say, weigh a marriage. I mean, go talk to someone that married the wrong one and find out how heavy that was. Go talk to a woman. Go talk to a man. If you're a man, go talk to a man. If you're a woman, go talk to a woman or, or however, a couple who who who, who uh, or, or a person who's been through divorce or a person who's married the wrong one. And then really hear, learn from observation and begin to realize I'd rather wait three of four extra years to ensure I have a 40, 50 year marriage than to settle because everybody else is, is meddling. I'd rather, I'd rather settle and then you be married for three or four years and then divorce. So it's best to weigh it, to weigh it all. Hey, what's, oh, y'all talking to my wife. Hey man, thank you coach. You're so welcome. Uh, Michaela uh, says, how does the Holy Spirit speak to you and how long does it take them to speak to you? Well, you first have to uh, make sure that you're not putting uh, pressure on hearing. Because one thing the Holy Spirit's not going to do is just to talk to be talking, right? Uh, uh, you first, in order to be able to truly hear the Holy Spirit or to sense his leading, is to still your life. I know it's difficult and I know your story. I know what you're going through. That could be difficult, right? Uh, uh, um, but the Holy Spirit speaks in multiple different ways. But I tell people, the, the you have a greater chance of hearing the Holy Spirit when you first engage what he has written. See, when we understand and begin to dive deep in his written word, then we'll be able to hear his spitting word. You know what I'm saying? His spoken word. Well, then we'll be able to sense his leading because we're not contradicting what we have or have not read, right? So now I can trust his leading because my leading is coming from my reading. 
And my reading is now giving me the, the listening ability and the sensitivity to be able to be in position to hear from him. So when you begin, sometimes people idolize the idea of hearing or they want to hear for selfish reasons. Please understand, I know your situation, so don't think I'm saying this because of you. I'm saying it to the broad audience as well. Sometimes we want God to speak but we can't handle what he'll speak because we're not mature enough to understand what he means when he speaks or we're not mature enough to be able to handle what has been spoken. So technically, I don't know, because the Holy Spirit is that's what makes it unique as far as your relationship with God. When you have your relationship with God, he'll speak in a way that he know that you were here and know is him. I love you guys. I want to just go for 20 minutes today. Uh, uh, I'm going to get into some other work, but I, I love you all. I pray this um, uh, live Q&A was a blessing to you. I'm going to try to, in order for me to do more live Q and A's, I'm going to shorten them to 20 to 25 minutes. So please make sure you hit that bell so you can be able to uh, 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 see when I go live so that you guys can be a part of it. I love you all. Make sure you check out some books and cards and resources like my latest book, um, The Wholeness Journal, to help you on your wholeness journey, to help you um, uh, grow holistically for God's optimal use. I got thrown off for a minute. That will help you be able to hold the things in life well. So check that book out. Also check out the card game whole. If you need coaching, make sure you let me know. One-on-one coaching, let me know your budget and I'll see what I can do. Um, also check out my book, The Purpose of Singleness to help you understand what it means to be single and how to maximize it. This book right here, Dating Prep, is a great resource for those who desire to date God, date themselves so they can become dateable, so they can date the love of their life forever. This book has a ton of questions to either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right relationship. If you're struggling with soul ties, this book right here, The Purpose of Freedom, is a great resource. It helps you better understand what soul ties and strongholds are and how to untie and uproot those strongholds and soul ties. If you're struggling with clarity and understanding, hearing, hearing the spirit of God, this book, Counterfeit, a Counterpart, How to Continue to Turn the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life, is a great book and resource to help you understand how God speaks, how God confirms, and 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 and, and what it means to, or what uh, the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. Also, my wife, and I have our first children's book called As He Says, As is for the Students I Serve. It's a great book for uh, uh, kids, grades, uh, fourth, third grade and up. Also, if you're struggling with uh, spiritual warfare, this book, World War Me, is a great resource for you. How to Win the War Within. No war brought to you. No weapon formed against you can overcome you if you're free from any type of hindrance inside of you. So I pray all these books, resource, and card games will be a resource. If you want that, you can go to my website, I am unplugged. Dot com. I love you all. Hope y'all were blessed by it. Uh, Jordan says, thank you. That was very helpful. You're welcome. Ah, let me start reading y'all's question before I get inspired. <laughs> all right. Love y'all. Y'all be blessed. I'll see y'all probably tomorrow. Lord willing. Y'all have a good one. Peace.